And we're live. <laughs> I threw that on you. Hello, welcome to the Legends Podcast. I'm Jeremy, and I got quality autism with me, Noah. You you always have quality autism with you, but yeah, I'm also here. Sure. Um, no Dylan. Dylan wouldn't be free till this afternoon. Noah would have been asleep, and I have a bunch of things I have to do today. This is our third live stream in the last hour, basically. Uh, my voice is going out, but we needed to do this because Tom Veach passed yesterday morning. Or the night before. I'm not sure. At the age of 80, Tom Veach was crucial. Oh my god, is it now going live? No, for me it says it's live since 50 seconds. Okay, it just said it's going live for me. Oh, we gotta gotta love the internet. <laughs> anyway, so Tom Veach wrote Dark Empire, which kicked off Dark Horse's reign on Star Wars. He proceeded to write Dark Empire 2, Empire's End, several arcs of Tales of the Jedi, which would be Knights of the Old Republic, Dark Lords of the Sith, and the Freedom Nad Uprising, as well as a short story from Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina. With his um, wife, actually, he wrote that short story. Which one is that? I don't even remember. Uh, a Hunter's Fate, Greedo's Tale. Oh, okay. Which kind uh, of got retconned if you consider TCW part of Legends. But I don't. <laughs> oh, I, ugh. Anyway. Anyway, so... um. Tom Veach was pretty critical in a lot of ways to the EU. He brought Boba Fett back. He introduced the different... There wasn't just Slave 1. There was Slave 2. And there was a Slave 3 and 4, which I don't think were in his stuff. No, Slave 4 shows up in Young Jedi Knights. Um, when his... It's not Boba Fett... <laughs> In that? Yeah. It's his daughter. Yeah. Which you would never know. Not from the books themselves, no. No. Anyway. Um I'm trying I'm trying to remember. What else and, he created with Dark Empire, you mean? Oh, he created old Republic lore. You know, yes. he created Holocrons. He created Anakin Zolo. He did. He um brought back the Emperor. Yeah, which everyone is... shits on, but like Disney did it too, but worse, way worse, way worse. Um, he brought, well, yeah, he basically created the old republic. He did a lot of things for Star Wars, and he also changed the way that contracts work in Lucasfilm. Because of a copyright dispute over Vima Sunrider for KOTOR. And he wasn't going to get paid for it. And he left. 
There's also we also get to talk about Lightsider a little bit, which yeah. was never published. Probably never will be published. Well, there was one thing he said in an interview years ago, but I don't know so much about it. He basically said he was gonna gonna publish Lightsider in a book he was gonna bring out, you know. But it's not gonna be like a Star Wars story anymore. Like he reworked it into an original thing. But I don't know if that was ever released. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to discuss. Lightsider was about Cam Sassalier, which is a character that is underused in the EU, who I thought was really interesting. And it was to explain because he just shows up in Dark Empire too, and you're like, who is this? And there's like, why is he here? It's Luke. This is the first time we get Luke really trying to establish a Jedi Order. Yeah, starting with the second Dark Empire. Yes. And I guess Veach, what, he was probably going for like this kind of multimedia style thing where Dark Empire was going to become this enormous thing. Mm -hmm. And like to bridge the gap between the comics, he would bring out this little novella by Dark Horse probably, similar to like what they did with William C. Dietz's uh, Dark Forces trilogy. Yes. Before Del Rey put the... It was either Del Rey or Banta. I think it was Banta put a season assist on that. Which is a shame. We could have used an, at least another two more of those. Yeah. If not three. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's interesting how much he had an effect on the EU. <clears throat> and in my opinion, he doesn't get enough praise for what he did. Especially with Tales of the Jedi, because Tales of the Jedi has been so out of print for so long that it's really, really hard to um, get a hold of it anymore. I mean, they're starting to reprint it. I think we get some of it coming out, what, in... Um, uh, a month, maybe two months. Did April we're getting that? Sometimes Stream. this year. Some it's like soon. I it's either it might be beginning of second quarter. We get that, but it's just it's a shame that he didn't get to write more stuff. That he had that bad experience because we could have. We could have had a very different EU if he had had he had stayed longer. I think. Yeah, he would have been like right alongside alongside Timothy Zahn. Which Timothy I Zahn mean, did not have respect for him. Nope. Which is yeah. I mean they really hated each other. Famously. Yeah, well, Zahn claimed that Dark Empire was not canon. Yeah, in, in his Hand of Thrawn duology. Which is bizarre. <sighs> but that's also an interesting topic, because we could have gotten a Dark Empire novel, like an adaptation written by Tom Veach, but it fell through. I don't remember why. Hmm. 
I, th I think it was just a Bantam going with Zahn and just having different plans there. But I think Veach said he was up for it if they wanted it. Yeah. there There's a whole bunch of Star Wars novels that didn't happen because they, they just didn't do it. I mean, Heart of the Jedi is the prime example of that. Yeah. We didn't get... Dark Empire novel by Tom Veach, but we did get Children of the Jedi, Planet of Twilight, which is more important. Apparently. Crystal Star. Uh, that's a masterpiece. I mean, that's 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 the, most, that's the most important Star Wars book ever written. Absolutely. Since Karen Travis. I'm not going to say what book, just Karen Travis. And Troy Denning, the two most important authors to ever write Star Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's... Tales of the Jedi was always one of my favorites growing up because I managed to get a hold of the omnibuses right when they first came out. So I read them a lot, all of it. And it was just, a, it's a great story. I didn't get to read Dark Empire until I was an adult. I found a hardcover copy of it. And. I like Dark Empire. It's different. And it makes sense why it's different. I mean, it's basically Mark Hamill's ideas for Return of the Jedi that George Lucas said no to. Adapted to um, be in the future. Yeah. Which, famously, this is one of the stories George Lucas apparently really enjoyed. Like, there's the story that he enjoyed it so much, he gave, like, copies of the comic to some of his, like, people on Christmas. Really? And, I mean, he also had an influence on the story, because Tom Veach's original idea was gonna bring in some random guy, an imposter, pretending to be Darth Vader. But then George hmm. came in and said, oh, no, bring back the Emperor, I don't want anything Vader-related. Interesting. And then we do have a Dark Jedi that Luke duels with in the second one. one of the oh, yeah. Uh, Cedris. Yes. Who looks like a 1980s punk rock bitch. Yeah. <laughs> there, We gotta talk about Cam Cassalier's art, because they go hand in hand. This is like... So, there are a few Star Wars writing and art teams for comics that are iconic to me. One is, of course, John Ostrander and Jan DeRuzzo. Those two just mesh perfectly. But the other one is Tom Veach and Cam Cassalier. They just... Cam Cassalier. Cam, Cam Kennedy. Kennedy? Cam Cassalier's drawn by Cam Kennedy. That's One is written with a C and the other one with a K. That is true. <laughs> and that's when my con my uh, connection starts working again. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just it's interesting. They they really worked well together. Cam Kennedy has I keep wanting to say Kathleen Kennedy. Too many people with too many similar names in Star Wars. Yeah. Cam Kennedy's art is really, there's nothing like it. And it is the perfect art for Dark Empire. Absolutely. 
and I think it's fair to point out his artwork, I think is just great in general, very mm. unique, like you said. And people often criticize Dark Empire specifically for the artwork, not just for the story when they don't mm. like Palpatine coming back. But I think what they don't like is just the coloring. Yes. Because the colors are very, I mean, take a look. Yes. Yeah, you get like purple, you get a lot of green a lot and of black. blue and yeah. A lot of black. Yeah, it's just different than you know the usual stuff. And I, I really like in Dark Empire, Luke fights a young emperor. Like they have a duel. Naked. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah. You want me to show you the page? No, I don't. Don't you do it. I, I will because oh there he is. <sighs> and now imagine Ian McDermott, prequel age Ian McDermott reenacting this scene with Mark Hamill. I mean, that's what we all wanted. That's what Rise of Skywalker was missing. You know what I do like in this? Uh, Mark Han um, Luke's kind of Darth Vader look. Oh yeah, his armor. His armor. Also, he chokes Han Solo and picks him up off the ground. Because Luke is a Sith Lord in that, kind of. He goes to the dark side. Kind of, but not really. Not really. But, boy, does he mention it whenever he can in <laughs> the EU to follow. Yeah, that's basically when they have to reference Dark Empire. Just mention that one plot point. Don't mention, like, that the Emperor came back. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting when you look at the EU as a whole, especially the Bantam era where you had all these like warlord like from the warlords from the Imperial Revenant. Why didn't they ban to clone Palpatine? Can you imagine with Thrawn and the Emperor alone? And yeah, I mean, I think they came up with a reason later on. Mm -hmm. why Thrawn and the Emperor didn't join forces. Because, obviously, we, we know the real reason is because the Thrawn trilogy and Dark Empire was developed independently. And yes. Dark Empire was supposed to take place one year after Episode Six, And the Thrawn trilogy was five years later, but Timothy Zahn refused to reference Dark Empire because he hated it. Mm -hmm. So they had to, you know, switch places. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, it's, I, I always thought, because it always seemed like the Emperor didn't like Thrawn, and he, that's why Thrawn was put in the outer, in the unknown region, mm -hmm. and that he was just the Grand Admiral waiting out there, that he wouldn't have worked with Thrawn. That's an interesting thing with the Thrawn trilogy. Like, imagine when it came out in the 1990s. It was 91, right? Yes. Yeah, so 91, you got Heir to the Empire, the first book. 
mm -hmm. the Front trilogy, the big new adventure. And then you also got the first issue of Dark Empire, which takes place after the entire Front trilogy. And I think in the prologue, it already said, oh yeah, Front died. Like, if you read this in publication order, you would have already gotten everything spoiled. Yeah, I don't know if they even reference Thrawn. They don't mention Thrawn. They mention Jason and Jaina. Because this was so late in production when Timothy Zahn refused, like with the timeline placement. Tom Veach and Cam Kennedy, they, they couldn't change anything. Mm -hmm. The only thing they could do was like throw in a mention of Jason and Jaina. But like they couldn't do anything about the artwork. Everything yeah, is already done. Because they're not referred to as Jason and Jaina. No, there's one mention where Leia kind of implies that she's pregnant and Han is like, what are you talking about? The children are on New Alderaan or whatever. Yes. And we get... Empire's End is a shame. It's... Because it's the most... It's two issues. And it is the most rushed story ever. So the Emperor... Tries to possess freaking Anakin Solo as a baby. Yep. Remember when Han shoots the Emperor? In the back. Yeah. Epic moment. It's one of the funnier moments in Star Wars. Yeah, that might be in the top five funniest moments. Unintentionally funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it causes oh. more issues. Mm -hmm. But, but so then we also get. We also get the best character in all of Star Wars. You know, the God Emperor of the Universe, Empathy Jeos Brand. The, the famous Jedi, who's like a cyborg, this ball-shaped. Oh, yeah. Which, who is never brought up in anything again. He shows up in Union, which is like over a decade after his death. You can see him in the background at Luke and Mahara's wedding. What? Yes, that's the thing. I guess the artist didn't know. I mean, Union's garbage. It's the worst thing Stackpole's ever written. It's also terribly drawn because Cam Solisa is Bruce Willis. And we get some more cameos by like Bruce Campbell and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. And Christopher Walken. I, I just remember Corrin's in a lot of it, but doesn't do anything. Yeah, right. He has like a sparing match with some other Jedi, but that's it. But I don't even remember that. I remember... Luke's bachelor party corns there. Yeah, and maybe Kyle Katan. I couldn't tell it because the artwork is bad. Think Kyle's there. Corns there because that's Michael Stackpole's character. Obviously. And I hate that. He's an overrated character. Ugh. Anyway, wow. Wait, Scott Scott Johnson in the comments brings up a good point. Empire's end. And that was written after the, you know, falling out between mm -hmm. Beach and Lucasfilm, which happened because of Lightsider, basically. Maybe, I don't know. There was different talks about, like, Veach being hard to work with because it he has obviously to, had his vision. The way I ha I've heard it is it had to do with they were going to put Vima Sunrider in the Knights of the Old Republic video game and not pay Tom for it. Tom Veach for it. And Tom Veach said, you can't do that. And they're like, yes, we can. It doesn't say anywhere in your contract that you uh, get paid for us putting your characters in video games. 
which is why contracts changed at Lucasfilm. And he said, no, I'm not, I'm not working with you guys anymore, basically. But that was right. like years later with KOTOR. When, when was Empire's oh. End? Was it 95? No, it was later than that, I think. Well, they were in development for KOTOR for a while. I don't I don't know. Honestly, I, there's so many things and we will probably ne we will never know. This is a shame. Yeah. But obviously there was a lot of problems behind the scenes. Mhm. Mm and I I think really part of it was Veach's vision for Star Wars and what he, what he wanted with like Dark Empire and stuff. And I mean Dark Empire almost wasn't even like really canon. Not until like Kevin J. Anderson came in and you know wrote his Jedi Academy trilogy. Yeah, but also Tales of the Jedi. Tales oh, yeah. of the Jedi references the Dark Empire and also references Jedi Academy. Mm -hmm. Which yeah. Thank thankfully Kevin J. Anderson was there. Yeah. In his book where where uh Kip has to babysit the twins for an entire chapter. When they get lost in the space zoo? Or Lando going to the blobber races? Lots of memorable stuff. You really hate Jedi Academy. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> but it's I mean, I give I give Kevin some points. He respected Tom Veach. Yeah, he respected... not a lot of authors did. He respected... Kevin J. Anderson respected a lot, respects a lot of authors. That's why he unfortunately let a bunch of leeway in so that you could have your own Jedi be part of Luke's Jedi Academy during the Jedi Academy trilogy, which is has a lot of issues. I mean, we could have had Ken, but he never showed up. If Filoni was around during this time, he would have put in, put in Ahsoka. She was always in the background. Yeah. Which he's doing right now. I Disney hate Ken. that. Oh, God, can we talk about B Book of Boba Fett? Can we segue into that? Okay, sure. Because I watched the whole thing. It was so embarrassingly bad. It was so bad that it turned into The Mandalorian Season 2 and a half, which was not good either, but Mandalorian fans just jerked off all over it. Baby Yoda was in it and chose to be with the Mandalorian and not with Luke. Spoilers, but that's that happened. Yeah, I have only seen the famous pictures of all the stuff, how it looks, how it's, we have like cosplay Ahsoka and deep fake Luke. No, do you know what the worst of it was? So Black Christan, the um uh bad guy Wookiee from the Marvel new Marvel comics was in it, and he fights Boba Fett, while Boba Fett's like in his underwear, like pulls him out of a back to tank and beats him up. And all ha have you seen the stuff with the uh, the modding gang where they they like oh, do, those bikers? Yeah, with the oh. slowest speeder chase of all time because we now we have mopeds in Star Wars. Yeah, the design is really something else. It's and straight out of Power Rangers. So, they go so slow. 
it's the slowest chase I've ever seen it on film. It's so bad. But anyway, so they're fighting Black Christan. Black Christan's beating them up. And they're all humans, by the way. And a Wookiee could easily beat them to death. Just punch them in the sternum and their sternum would crack. Like, Wookiees are strong. And these two Gaborian guards come out in, like, weird toga things. Not toga things, but loincloths. And they start fighting, and to, because it's so ridiculous, because there's a bunch of people in weird alien costumes fighting each other, they put it in slow-mo to, I guess, make the hips look heavier than they are. And they roll down the stairs. It is just the funniest fucking thing. Is there, isn't there also like a scene where Boba stands in front of like the Rancor? Yes. Because I have seen that picture, and he it looks rides like it's the Rancor. Oh my god. Because like I only saw the picture. Because I saw the picture where he's standing in front of it, and it looked like a cutscene from Jedi Knight: Dark Forces Two. Yes. Yeah, just from looking at the pictures, because I haven't seen the show, it looks extremely low budget. It looks like a fan film on YouTube. So, Mandalorian season two. So, Mandalorian was low budget, but they knew how to work the budget most of the time, so it wasn't terrible. Mandalorian Season 2 looks really cheap, but no one will talk about that because everyone likes Mandalorian. And Mandalorian Season 2 is garbage. But literally, this is just so, so cheap. I guess Boba Fett lived with the Tuscans for five years. Hmm. And became a Tuscan. Oh yeah, I saw um, the end fight between... Him and Cat Bane, who is Which like Cat nine Bane's allegedly years old. still alive, because Filoni will never let his characters die. And Cat Bane got stabbed by Boba in the chest. It's just yeah. like, yeah, it it was horrible. Um, the Mandalorian can't use the Darksaber. He cuts himself with it on accident. Oh, he's not a Mandalorian anymore because he took his helmet off. So now he's just... Man? He has to go... Oh god, this is so dumb. So he has to go to some part of Mandalore, which Mandalore, we find out, it just doesn't really exist anymore because the Empire bombed it and killed everyone. Wait, how does it look like? Because that was already like a, a topic with TCW and the Expanded Universe because it looks so different. How does it look like now? It's a barren wasteland. Is it a desert? The, uh, they, the last the last thing you see of Mandalore is it the flashback and those the 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 droids the the K two S O droids from Rogue One are just walking around like in Terminator. They rip off Terminator, and they're just shooting everyone that's like crawling around on the ground. So it looks like Skynet took over. Oh no, Oh no! it's IG-88. Remember the story from Tales, Tales of the Bounty Hunters? Yes. IG-88 taking over? Oh no, it really happened. Yeah, so they, they destroyed Mandalore because Bo-Katan is literally the dumbest character ever. And because Bo-Katan, first of all, what the, f what was her name? The girl with the pink hair in, in Rebels. Sabine? Sabine stole the Darksaber from Darth Maul. 
is Darth Maul still had the dark saber for some reason. He had the dark saber still in Rebels. He she stole it from him and then gave it to Bo-Katan so that she could lead the Mandalorian people. But because Bo-Katan never won it in combat, it was not hers to wield. So that's why Mandalore fell, according to the Mandalorian's weird cult of Mandalorians. Because for some reason, a lightsaber, which is not a Mandalorian weapon, dictates who rules Mandalore. Wasn't Thank it you. like a thing in like Old Republic era where it was like this mask instead, which yes. makes sense because that's like an a cultural artifact? Yes. I don't remember TCW too well. Isn't the Darksaber just something they the Death Watch stole? Or at least some Mandalorian stole out of the Jedi Temple? That's that is what they say in TCW. It is retconned in Rebels that it was the first Mandalorian Jedi. No way. Yeah, Dave you, Filoni you, contradicts. You telling me? You telling me Dave Filoni, the great Dave Filoni, would retcon a story, his own even? <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, I just, I just, you just don't make any sense. This just can't be true. We are talking about Dave Filoni, the man who created Star Wars. He created The Last Airbender. He is the son that George Lucas always wanted. He's He is George Lucas' apprentice. And he's in charge now. You telling me he retconned something just because he felt like it. Yeah. <laughs> but but the thing is the Mandalorian still has the dark saber. Like he's allowed to leave with it. Even though he's technically not a Mandalorian anymore. Which leads to the biggest plot hole in that whole series, which is he is Mandalore now. By that logic, he is Mandalore. The, the Mandalorian guy. Yes. He is Mandalore because he has the dark saber, hmm. and he uses the dark saber a lot, even though he can barely use it. Um, he is Mandalore, and he could lead the Mandalorian people. So why is the armorer telling him that he's not a Mandalorian anymore? Because Maul was Mandalore, technically in TCW. We're going by that logic. Because so, he kills Vizsla. And takes the Darksaber. Maul wasn't just a Deformerian Zabrak, he was also a Mandalorian at some point. Yeah, because he he helps Death Watch take the throne of Mandalore. Yeah, so I, that I way he can kill Obi-Wan's girlfriend of the week in front of Obi-Wan. Oh yeah, that was a funny scene. Yeah. Uh, and then the Emperor can come and duel both Savage and Maul. And he has two Even lightsabers. The em- What's that? And he has two lightsabers. Yes, because he loses one lightsaber in Revenge of the Sith, and he has another one to fight Yoda. So he has two lightsabers. I mean, and to be fair, in Darth Plagueis, I think they established that he has two lightsabers. And they're hidden throughout his office. 
Hmm. Even though he hates dueling. He thinks it's beneath him. Well. <laughs> he I mean, duels Maul and Savage Opress. Oh, Savage Opress, the best best character. Yeah, Katie Lucas is name. character she came up with. Um Yeah. Who's I didn't realize this. He's voiced by Clancy Brown. Hmm. The Kurgan from Highlander. And Mr. Krabs. And from the greatest sequel to a Stephen King book that was never a sequel, Pet Cemetery 2. Oh, that classic. Yeah. Oh, Scott Johnson brings up a point. I think I remember this. Um, I like how all the Death Watch people have horns, like Maul, after Maul becomes, you know, the guy in charge. Yeah, yeah. Was that a thing it, before the last season of Clone Wars? I don't remember it being a thing. I only remember seeing it in the Son of Daphomir comic from Dark Horse. Oh, yeah. It's a thing. And see, because that's the only thing Filoni keeps. Like, he actually doesn't mess with that comic at all. Hmm. Like, I mean, it was based on like a script. Same with uh, the Dark Disciple novel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't talk about Dark Disciple at all in the last season of Cold Wars. Like, it's never brought up. Um, which is fine. They they mess with the Ahsoka YA novel though. They oh yeah, I've heard about this. They changed a bunch of things, but it's okay because they Filoni is our Lord and Savior. Yeah, and Ahsoka is the new Kukuruk. I mean, of... to be fair, she's worse. She's way worse because she's actually helping Luke rebuilding the Jedi and failing to do so. Yeah, well, she doesn't care. She wants to find Ezra and Thrawn. For some reason. So we get our big live action, low budget, Thrawn trilogy, movie, show, whatever. It's supposed to be a mini series, but we all know Dave Filoni will make it a series. Yeah. That's with just, like with like a Thrawn, some actor in like shitty body paint, like like a soaker. Where it looks just, terrible. It looks bad. Also, why are our head tails so short? Because it's easier for the actress to move. Fair enough. She barely moved around in Mandalore. Uh, no, she did actually. In that episode where she talks to Grogu. Goku? Like, that's the baby Yoda. His name's Grogu. Isn't that like a Dragon Ball thing or whatever? That's Goku. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I. No one, I don't know why people like this shit. But yeah, it was terrible. I'm so glad that we now have mopeds. We have space mopeds. We jerked off the Phantom Menace for an episode. Really? How? Oh, oh so, did they bring in pod racing? No, no. What they did was Mandalorian's new ship is a Naboo Starfighter, like a souped up Naboo Starfighter, which why would they have one on Tatooine? I don't know. And he flies it through the boon to Eve. Oh. Wait, and, I think I've seen a picture of this. Doesn't he put, like, the baby Yoda in, like, this thing for the astromech droid? Yeah, because he hates droids. 
because he was orphaned in the Clone Wars. His parents were killed by droids. But BD1 from uh, what what was that terrible game with Cal Kestis? Jedi Fallen Jedi Order. Order. Uh, BD1's there. For some reason, he's on Tatooine working on the ship. Which leads me to believe that they killed Cal Kestis, which I'm fine with. I mean, Mr. he's no. I'm going to roll around on the ground and maybe hit something once every five minutes. If you like rolling around on the ground, play Jedi Fallen Order. That's all you do is just roll, duck and roll. Does he spin? No, because that'd be a good, a good trick. trick. Though. <laughs> but yeah, um, Book of Boba Fett's to... awful. I doubt it will get to second season. Because I think the guy who plays Boba Fett doesn't want to ever do anything with Star Wars again. Oh yeah, Temuera Morrison. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Didn't he say like, "Oh, Boba is terribly written in the show because he talks way too much." Yes. Which I, the okay, the only scene I have watched is the fight between him and Cat Bane, and both of them they don't shut up. Uh huh. Oh my god, they do this cliche thing where it's like. Boba's on the ground, Cat Bane is pointing a gun at him, and he doesn't shut the fuck up. Uh-huh. And for a character so inspired by, like, westerns and looking like fucking Lee Van Cleef in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, they forgot Tuku's number one, you know, rule. If you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Yeah. It, it's so dumb. Um, Cat Bane looked bad, but honestly, he didn't look as bad as... So people, there's a, there's a new meme going around when people are pre- defending Book of Boba Fett. And they're like, they'll be like, oh, so you didn't like how Cat, you want Cad Bane to look like he does on Clone Wars. But look what Palpatine looks like. Look what Dooku looks like. Like, because they're all caricatures because they're a terrible animated show. With like stolen animation. Because that's Tadakovsky's style. That works in 2D, but not in 3D. Yeah. So we're we're just saying that Clone Wars is one of the worst shows ever made. Rebels is pretty bad, and Book of Boba Fett is just the worst. Thank you for mopeds and Star Wars. Slow and, mopeds. Everything and, is slow. And this 1950s biker gang with like this, this jacket on. There's the one guy, he just spins and shoots things. And he has a weird like robot eye, like the guy in um, No Time to Die. <laughs> oh, Cyclops. Yeah. Yeah, best henchman. Blue is mind. Hmm. Oh man, but yeah, this sounds awesome. I'm I'm glad this show exists instead of like, you know, Dark Empire or these Boba Fett comics or the Bounty Hunter Wars trilogy or anything. Twin Engines of Destruction. Yeah. Which, by the way, for all of this, we can thank Tom Veach mm-hmm. to go back to him. Yeah. yeah. You wrote so much better than... Yeah, he wrote so good, they ripped him off for Rise of Skywalker. Which he and... <laughs> He talked about this before he died. After the movie came out on his Twitter, he's like, you know, where's my money? 
that was pretty much his response. Yeah. And I think he should have gotten something. Oh, yeah. Uh, Small Time Republic also brings something up. So Luke doesn't speak correctly because they used an algorithm. Mark Hamill's voice recorded in the 70s. Yeah, and you, you, to you told me about this. You said he sounds like Siri. Yes, he sounds like a Mark Hamill Siri. It's wrong. It, there is no acting in it. There's no inflection. It's monotone. It's awful. They didn't even have Mark Hamill stand in for it this time. Was it just like another actor, but they put... It was a stunt person. It wasn't even an actor. Obviously. And they got the deep fake guys to do it. Oh, oh, the one they got from, like, YouTube? Yes. Who, made, like, who did better work than they than did? they did and... on the yeah. season finale of Mandalorian. This is the point where we are at with Star Wars. People are getting excited over deep fake Siri Luke Skywalker showing up. It's just so bad. And I'm not even reading the High Republic stuff they've been trying to, like, block things with. Like, this, like, hey, check out High Republic. It's like, no, I don't care about the High Republic. The only time I even hear about High Republic is when I tune into Tuscan Reader, the Geeks Addicts podcast. Yeah, and Matthew has to talk about it because they keep sending him the books. They do. He doesn't have to talk about it. I mean, he fe he feels obligated to do so, but yeah, he shouldn't. We talked about this all the time. He shouldn't feel obligated to read their schlock. Read good stuff that you want to read. Read Dune. Yeah, I've been trying to get him to read Dune for like four months now. Quit Star Wars. Read Dune. Read Dune. Read something that you like. I can't stress this enough to our viewers today. Read things that you like. How about Dark Empire? Exactly. Read Dark Empire. That's a good one. Yeah. Read Give Tales it a chance, Shadow. even if you don't. If you if you read it once and you didn't like it that much. Give it another chance. I think this is an underrated story that's probably like the best sequel to the original trilogy. Yes. Visually speaking, I think, especially. Because, I, I don't know, you look at something like Air to the Empire and it's very good, but mm -hmm. not quite as cinematic. No. Which, yes, we can compare because I mentioned this before and some asshole was like, are you comparing a book to a comic? Of course it's more visual. Air to the Empire has a comic adaptation. Which is bad. Yeah. I mean, um, I've, I think I've read it once. It's like okay-ish as like an abridged version, but you know. I mean, my favorite is Last Command. The last page is Thrawn's death, and then it's like two panels. And then immediately it's Luke and Mara talking in the conclusion. That's basically how it is in the book, to be fair. But, like, there's more to it than that. Yeah. But, like, the art, the, the coloring's all wonky, at least in Air of the Empire, it's pretty wonky. Um, Dark Force Rising's a little better with the coloring. Last Command is the one that I think has the better art of the three of them. But the, the Thrawn trilogy is a world-building trilogy. Oh, yeah. 
And it references the original trilogy constantly. Yeah. Whereas Dark Empire, it's more concerned with like the visuals and people say it's like, oh, it's style over substance. It's all spectacle and no, you know, no meat. But I disagree. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Empire sense a little wonky, but yeah, but that's not really Tom Veach's fault because it was written after Lucasfilm and Dark Horse told him to fuck off, basically. Yes. But they had to wrap it up. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even have Cam Kennedy doing the artwork for that one. Yeah. Um. Oh, that is true. Yeah. Yeah, because I think. Matt Wilkins talked about this. I think it's because Cam Kennedy wasn't happy about how Tom Veach got treated. Mm-hmm. Because obviously they were friends and he was like, he just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. Um, do we I mean, they did. Oh, oh, before we segue, quick about Tom Veach and Cam Kennedy. Since this is, you know, in his remembrance and stuff, Mm -hmm. check out his work, The Light and Darkness War. Yes. Also by him and Kennedy. I just ordered it. Yeah, it's what got them the job for Star Wars. Noah, I know what you're reading, but I want you to talk about what you're reading right now, Star Wars-wise. Because it pains you, and it amuses me. I'm not reading it anymore because I finished it today. Today I read the last seven pages of the Dark Nest trilogy. You finished your reread. Yes, I read this now for the second time. You, How much swearing is allowed? Go for it. I don't care. This is the worst fucking abomination I have ever read. I would rather die of fucking AIDS or cancer than ever touch these books again. They are <laughs> abysmal. And Troy Denning should be ashamed of himself. And we need to send the FBI after him. Just to be sure. God, so At bad. least check his, check his PC at least. Seriously, this... Oh my god. Oh my... How... You try to somewhat defend it by saying, "Oh, you, of, of course I hate it because I don't like Troy Denning." But mm-hmm. I, <laughs> these books cannot be defended. They are on the same level, if not worse, than Clone Wars Gambit. Oof, that's I'm going that far. I know this is some of the worst written trash ever. It makes Okay, when I read this the first time, immediately after, I also read Legacy of the Force, which I will also have to reread now. But I don't want to read Star Wars again after reading Darkness. That's how I, I want... felt during, during Stealth and Siege. Yes, I just want to take a long, long break before returning. Yeah, read some Dune. <laughs> yeah, read some more Dune. But yeah, oh my god, I cannot take anyone seriously who tells me, oh, Darkness is actually a pretty good trilogy. Yeah, pretty I won't good say tr- it's a good trilogy. I you wouldn't? Never... I wouldn't say it's a good trilogy. Because it's I not... would say there's some things interesting 
in there. Interesting. And oh, that yeah. that's the most praise I will give it. Like like all the bug bug sex. And like <laughs> yeah. so much bug sex. And and you you complain about Corin Horn, which I get, but Saba Sabatine is Trinity's oh. pet character. Yes. Let let me list what she does. According to Darkness, she is Mara Jade's best friend now, apparently. Even though they barely interact, she becomes Leia's Jedi Master. Everyone everyone thinks she's so amazing and awesome. She Darkness makes a point. She trained like a dozen Jedi before she even met Luke Skywalker. And in Fate of the Jedi, she becomes the Grandmaster for a little while of the entire Jedi Order. Who is the yeah. Grandmaster initially they put in charge? Uh, Ken Femner. But Saba killed him. But it's okay because it was self-defense and good stuff. And Luke forgave her and stuff. You know who's a big Saba Sabatine fan? Is it Matt Wilkins? Yes. He likes Saba Sabatine. I, I don't know like if he's one of his favorites, but he he does. He makes a point in Matt's Expanded Universe to talk about Saba Sabatine quite a bit. Yeah. Every every author has their favorites. Yeah, like Zahn with Thrawn, obviously, and Mara Jade, which yes. famously in his book Allegiance, there's this great scene where she meets Darth Vader and Vader is a little whiny bitch and they fight and Mara wins. And oh, yeah. in the book, she also tells someone, oh, I'm better than Vader. Yeah. Awful. Pet characters. Let's yeah. not even get started on Karen Travis. We the, already talked enough about Boba and the Mandalorians. Yeah, Karen Travis is the epitome of the worst about that. Because her because there's there's a fine line with having a pet character and just writing fanfic. Like they go hand in hand, and Karen Travis just writes fanfic. Or the 66? Terrible book. Imperial Commando 501st. I could barely finish it, and I don't remember anything from it. It ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Which is obnoxious because it's the last one. Oh, but we got it resolved in a Legacy of the Force in a storyline that doesn't do anything. Barely. A lot of things aren't even explained in that. Like what happened to Altus's Jedi? Do you oh, not yeah, remember? but that yeah, but that's that's uh, that was just a connection to Children of the Jedi. But we don't know why Callista Callista is just a fucking spirit in a machine. Like that, mm-hmm. I, that was going to be explained. I'm almost certain that that was at least going to be tackled mm-hmm. because no prisoners establishes that the whole Altus and Callista are there. I mean, they appeared in Order 66, I'm pretty sure. And in 501st. Right. They were becoming main characters. And they were going to... Yeah. Apparently, Travis was a big fan of Children of the Jedi. She was probably a Callista Luke shipper. Probably. Like Matt Wilkins. They're the same person. I knew it. I knew it this whole time. This is the new title. 
<lacht> Matt ja, Wilkins und. equals Karen Travis. <lacht> Sorry, this was a Tom Veach Memorial. <lacht> I guess. <lacht> and then we talked for Boba Fett about a while. About a while and yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know. It's a Legends podcast. They have to be an hour, you know. Yeah, and go off topic. So yeah, you finished Dark Nest. I finished something really good. I re reread Django Fett Open Seasons. Mm. It might be the best comic book ever written. Oh, period. It's one of those less is more sort of things. There's not a lot of dialogue and exp like explanations for things. Um, exposition. There's none of that. It's visual. It's so visual and so such a deep story. Have you ever read Open Seasons? Oh yeah, I've read it once. I remember really liking it, but I think I have to reread it because didn't the art style wasn't it the same as like in Jedi versus Sith? Yes, but it's done. It's not over the top like in Jedi. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember it was more fitting. It's not gra overly graphic. Or in Jedi versus Sith, there's just blood flying everywhere. And, and little children getting like the hand blown up. Yeah. You know, happy tree friends. It's happy tree. It, that's the happy tree friends of Star Wars right there. Did I ever tell you my happy tree friends story? I don't think so. Oh, God. Okay. So I discovered happy tree friends at school when I was in fifth grade. I was like 11. And one of my friends is like, have you ever seen Happy Tree Friends? And they like looked it up on the school computer during a rainy day. We all watched Happy Tree Friends and we all got in trouble. Like the entire class got in trouble for looking up just the most vile thing my, my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. England, had ever seen. She's a, great. she's a really nice lady, too. I felt bad. <laughs> She's a really good teacher. And she was like mortified that children would look at something so vile. You should have stopped up after like the first, I don't know, 15 seconds. How long does it take in an episode before it gets really violent? Uh, we watched a whole episode of it. It was like a rabbit eating glass or something. I don't know. It's just disgusting. I I do not like Happy Tree Friends in general. I think it's just bizarre. But we watched it once at school. And mm -hmm. my freaking Scott Johnson's laughing right now. Because <laughs> this is what happens during the Legends podcast. I tell a story that's not even Star Wars related. We used to play Star Wars Flash games on there on StarWarsShop.com. Like the clone, the Jenny Tartoski ones, where you like dual Asajj Ventress and stuff. Hmm. Or there was one where you you would play through like you could you could outrun like the the weird water creatures in Phantom Menace. The Gooba fish. Yeah, the Gooba fish. There's some fun ones on there. But yeah, anyway, that's pretty much it. Yeah. 
so this was supposed to be about Tom Veach. Just yeah. quick again to end it. Read Dark Empire, the whole trilogy. The first one is the best. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe get this one because I think this epic collection has like these end notes that he wrote for the. Yeah, original. it has the fan mail. Yeah, here it is. And I think that was just like world building he did when like each issue came out and it got overwritten by later expanded universe works. But, you know, interesting. Yeah. Uh, also read Tales of the Jedi if you can get your hands on it. Mm-hmm. It'll be re-released soon. So, And for an underrated gem, check out Tales, Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina, Hunter's Fate, Greedo's Tale, which he wrote with his wife, Martha Weech. Very good. So, yeah. Anyway, hope you all have a good day. I am podcasted out. We just did three of these in a row. Yep. And well, we had the time. We did have the time. And I am exhausted. So, anyway, have a good one, guys.